Wednesday on Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Happy to be back for another day. Glad to have you guys along for the ride as well. Imagine a lot of you are preparing to either get out of town or cook a whole bunch of food on Thursday. We'll have a football feast on Thursday here on this show. Some gopher talk, some Viking stuff. That'll be the final episode of the week, though. Nothing on Friday. And we'll get back to regular programming on Monday next week. So hope you guys stay safe, have a great Thanksgiving, um, and all that good stuff. Until then, though, we got a couple good shows, including today. Um, Jeff Day joins me here in a little bit. Star Tribune colleague of mine, writer, multi-platform editor, um, does a great job with whatever assignment is doled out his way. He follows the Wolves, and he and I got into a big Wolves conversation offline the other day and decided to take it online onto this show. Just, I think it turned out really well. I hope you guys like it. Just kind of a good, kind of a good look at where things are with this team, what Carl Anthony Towns kind of means to the franchise in this moment, and where this could all be headed this season and beyond. So stick around for that. Some Gophers basketball stuff at the end of the show as well. First, though, what did I miss? My friend John Marthaler, who's been on the show a few times, has a Substack. Um, you can go subscribe. It's a fr- it's free, free newsletter right now. Minnesotasports.substack.com. Go check it out um, with John Marthaler, aptly named because he is the author of it, and he writes, you know, pretty frequently about Minnesota sports, as you might have guessed, and kind of the topics at hand, the big things that are happening. And he did a ranking uh, earlier this week of. The most most to least, or least to most, I guess it would have been forlorn pro sports franchises <clears throat> in this market, and uh, you know it's the kind of list that I might have that I've entertained over the years, tried to get at over the years, and I've, I'm always struck when I try to do such things um, by the fact that they change so much, right? They're subject to kind of the whims of the moment and what we think of as a team that's on the rise, on the decline, in good shape, not in good shape, is so is so much um, is so much dedicated to the the whims of you know, the vagaries of days, weeks, not so much years, and that these things change our our perception of where these things where these teams stand changes so much over the years now or over the weeks weeks and months I mean, and struck me he had the Timberwolves as the least forlorn franchise. Um, of the of the seven pro teams that he listed in this market, and I couldn't really argue, but it was funny because like three weeks ago, and Jeff and I will talk about this in a little bit. Like three weeks ago, we were all ready to you know fold this fold this all up. They got off to another slow start this year. They were one and two. They had just been blown out by the Hawks. Like John and I were going back and forth on text that you know after they lost to the Hawks, like what's going on here? This team, this team, that this team, this this team that. And since then, of course, they've won 9 out of 10, and they feel like they've figured it out. Now, have they really figured it out? I think so, at least to a certain degree. But, you know, that's this is kind of the moment we are in right now where the Timberwolves have, you know, however you want to frame it, the most amount of optimism, the least they're the least forlorn of the franchises right now. 
Now, the second least, he says, is the Vikings. If we did this a month ago, they would absolutely be nowhere near that list because of all the stuff that had happened to him. The, the bad start this year, the injury to Justin Jefferson, the Kirk Cousins injury, whenever you did this list. If you would have done this list after Cousins was hurt or when Jefferson was hurt and they were 1-4, and four, you would never have put them that high on this list. A month ago, would you have said the Wild are the most forlorn franchise in this market, as John did? Absolutely not. Like people were excited about this team coming into the season. They knew there'd be challenges, right? They knew that going into the season there might be, you know, the opportunity that the Suter and Parisi buyouts were finally going to start to hurt a little bit more. But they still had Kirill Kaprizov. They still have, you know, an up and coming core of players, a good minor league system, guys that people are excited about. They still had, you know, still coming off of a couple near misses in the first round of the playoffs. Like this is a team that was trying to take a step not avoid falling off a cliff. And right now, it feels like they're trying to avoid falling off a cliff. It feels like changes could be coming to this team very quickly if they do not start playing better. 5-12 and 12 if you take away the loser point, as John points out, in 17 games this season. So go check it out. Go read the whole thing. It was well done, but also just a reminder of how much things can change quickly in this market. How one thing we think a month ago is not going to be the thing we think a month later. You know, a month a month ago, the Twins were all we were talking about, right? They were in the playoffs. They were making a run, things like that. And now it's like, yeah, you look at it, you're like, okay, but can they do it again? The payroll's going to get cut. No sunny gray. Like, what's this team going to look like next year? You, you kind of lose sight of the big picture when you're in that moment. And so that's just, just an interesting thought exercise to think about how things have changed over, you know, month by month, not just year by year, and how we think of this team, how we think of these teams and how much it changes over time. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope. The anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin. Let's talk Timberwolves with Jeff Day today. Normally, I talk Wolves with Chris Hine on this podcast, but I thought, you know, Jeff and I love to go back and forth on Slack. We're just like, we've, we've, we've both been watching the Wolves for a long time. Um, and covering them in a certain way. Um, he's got unique, good perspectives on the Wolves. He comes at it from maybe an element a little bit more of of fandom. But Jeff, um, we got to talk Carl Anthony Towns. Got to talk ten and three Wolves. We got to talk all sorts of stuff today. Are you are you up for the challenge? I'm so excited, and it is very important to state that someone you know, for instance, like a Chris Hine. Um, is an expert on his on his team on his beat on his craft. I am coming at this. I am a, I am an armchair armchair yes. expert in this in this situation. So yes, yes I like that intro because um, th- this will this will not be filtered through the lens of professionalism. This is a fan. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fan. And like you said, our Slack communications. I have so much fun with Ramble whenever oh, yeah. you. You say I got a wolves blog coming. I'm like, let's right. see, let's see what kind of what kind of thing we're taking. <laughs> You're like, oh boy, what's he gonna write now? <laughs> what's coming now? Now now this all kind of got sparked when I wrote about Carl Anthony Towns. This was probably must have been seven games ago. They the Wolves beat Boston. Celtics, yeah. Yeah. Towns did not play all that well. When he fouled out, he had seven points. They they won anyway, and it just looked like one of those bad cat games, right? Where he was kind of pouty. He yes. looked like he was going to get, you know, he looked like he was just begging to get that sixth foul. And then as soon as he was out, 
they kind of took off. So I was like, you know, we can't, we can't like make a microcosm of every one game or like one out of maybe of 82, but it felt kind of important to me. Uh, so I kind of tried to frame it up, but I'm like, I've, I've been on the, you got to trade cat at some point bandwagon for a while. Maybe that's softening a little bit the way you see them playing right now. But, but you were like, well, you know, but give Cat a chance. He's kind of got this and that. And ever since then, Jeff, he's got like <laughs> 26 and nine a game. He's shooting lights out and they're six and one, I think, since that game and 10 and three overall. And 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 you're not wrong. I think that's one of the things that's that's amazing about what I would call not just not just great players, but interesting players, players that are right. not uniformly consistent, um, nuanced. He's a nuanced, nuanced. player. I mean, I would think that maybe the game that exemplified the negative side of Towns to me the most was the play-in game against, I think it was the Clippers. Two years ago, yeah. Yeah, not only does he foul out, but they were trailing in a pretty serious way at that point. And then, boom, they they just turn around the second he goes on the bench. They win that playing game. It's one of the high moments for the, you know, <laughs> for the franchise. Yeah. Hang a banner. Hang, Hang a banner, banner, baby. Pat Bev having, you know, just doing a full drama <laughs> right. on the court. That's right. Um, but the thing about about Cat that I always go back to is he is a one-of-one one player yes. at his best. At his best, he's one-of-one. One. And for as many people who want to say, you know, look at the, you know, per 38 for Nas Reed or something or whatever the numbers are that kind of show that he's that kind of player, it's like, there's a difference between being able to do something in a marginal space and being able to extrapolate it over the course of a season, over the course of a career. And Cat has shown time and again that his highest level is incredible. I, an all NBA type player, an all star, um, you know, basically a player as for as much crap as he took for what he said earlier this offseason about wanting to be viewed as a sort of historical figure in the NBA. His. Okay. His ability is unique. You know what I mean? So it's like you can weed through the minds of people who are probably making too much money, getting too much attention (laughs) for their work (laughs) and see where the hubris starts to build. But at the same time, you can see the reality of it. We've never seen a guy like this who Dirk Nowitzki, um, in a way, would be the prototype for this. Um, But just a big man who his release on his shot, you saw it in the Golden State win where to see a man who is that tall that can get a three up that fast on a rotation and have perfect form splash. And you're going, yeah. this guy is also, I mean, I, I don't know his numbers, but what is he? Seven feet tall. You saw yeah. last night against the Knicks where it's like, he can also just bully people in the paint. Right. Um, he is a bit at times like, you know, I have often said it looks like a baby deer when he's charging mm-hmm. into the lane, his arms are right. akimbo. He is unwieldy. Um, but you also can understand why he's doing that. It's like, imagine having that body type. Imagine being that strong, that fast, um, having that diverse of a skill set. And so the thing that I always think about people who want to take away from him when he plays really well or when he plays poorly, it's like shark, you know what I mean? It's like that blood in the water thing where you go, I knew it. I knew he couldn't do it. I knew he couldn't pull this off. I knew he'd fall in this moment. But I just as often think about the times that he has come through and been the only positive on a night for the Wolves, you right. know? There have been um, plenty of those, especially early in his career. Plenty of those, yeah. And and we're seeing it lately where, I mean, who in the world is going to score 29 points on 11 shots? That is just, right. it's unfathomable. Right. 
It's unfa- it's an unfathomable number. Um, even for someone like Anthony Edwards, that's never going to happen. Um, well, maybe if he starts getting to the line like James Harden or something, it might. But I just the Wolves fans to me, and I am one of them deeply, um, are often t- of two minded in my opinion. And you and I sort of often are pointing in in those two in two sides of the coin. Right. You can be overly critical of the only decent player on the roster. You know what I mean? Like Andrew yeah. Wiggins did this. It's like, would somebody like to tell me who is going to step in and be better than Andrew Wiggins on this roster? I, I'd Back like, then, you know, yeah, right. In yes. years past. Um, and with Cat, you look at it and you go, this team, for as good as they can be, they're only getting there with him. I, I apologize, yes, but they're not, getting, yeah, they're not getting there with Nas Reed in his role playing 37 minutes a night, I don't think. I think the reason that, ma- that can make this team great is that Nas Reed can play his role because you have – this kind of player in your starting five. Anyway, I've ranted long enough. <laughs> you, um, that was good. I, I think <laughs> like here's so here's my thoughts. I think yeah, he absolutely you're absolutely right. He raises their ceiling. He has raised their ceiling in the last handful of games. Right when he is when Cat is good, it makes it less important that Edwards be great every night. It makes it yes. less important that the defense be perfect every night. It makes it less important that they get everything from the bench when he doesn't do those things it puts more pressure on those other things like he he definitely elevates with what he does with what he brings um and he's been playing very well lately i still i wonder about body of work how long we've seen just so much like this this is ninth year we've seen a lot over the years of just those moments where he loses composure i still think we've seen still seen those this year but he is on a good roll right now, and you see now the vision of the two bigs. You see how mm. it, it you see how it can work. Gobert is playing really well. Towns playing at a high level offensively. I think he's picked it up defensively. I don't think he's ever going to be a great defensive player, but he if he is a functional defensive player, getting comfortable right. enough being both a four and a five when asked to be either of those things, that's a big deal to them. Because I still say this, I still think. If you're talking about identity or the most important things about this team, Edwards and the defense are still one and two. And so it kind of puts Towns Towns in this weird space where he's like a supporting guy who's making max money. And that to me is still a little bit of a still a little bit of a, a problem. That is such that is such a that's a classic low blow right there. That's just an that is that is a classic just under I think that's underselling what he's capable of. I mean, I um I just think that's underselling what he's capable of and what he can mean to a team that if they really want to have a contender type feel to them, you are not going he cannot be that, is what I would say. He can he cannot be um a role player. He is going to have to be somebody who can go out and win you a key moment in a, in a series multiple times, probably in in the course of playoffs. And again, this goes back to this thing of um, trying to see what the possibility is. And the thing I like about him, there are a lot of things that I really like about him um, from a personality standpoint, from a play standpoint. One is this, he wants to be great for the Wolves. I think that's something that, to me, it's like as the Wolves get all of a sudden the Wolves are good, right? We're all sitting here yeah. going, "Oh my God, they're yeah. first place in the Western Conference." We're gonna, you're gonna watch an entire fan base get delusional about what 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 oh, they yeah. are. It's already happening. It's already for, happened. It's yeah, already happened. Waiting for decades for this. Um, this, as much as you don't want to see it or say it, sometimes Carl Anthony Towns is foundational. 
He is a player who, before they had Ant, came here, said all the right things, wanted to learn, wanted to try to um, build his game, um, has never once bucked against anything that I can think of in my life where he has ever come out and been negative towards the franchise, towards his coaches. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, he has been a person who wants to be identified with this program. I keep saying program with the franchise. Yeah. I get my college and pro. Yeah, uh, you, you cover a lot of go for volleyball. And so yeah. that's, I get it. I understand. <laughs> but anyway, I just think to, to all of a sudden sideline him at this moment is what was probably the first thing that was like the first ripple of this season when they started one and two. And, you know, he has a, and then he has a bad game in their most, um, electric win. Um, and I just sort of want, I, I immediately wanted to pull against that and talk just with you as a human being, just right. as two yeah. people who, who right. love covering sports and talking sports. It's like, to me, he remains foundational to everything they're trying to do. And I don't think any of it works without him. I don't think Gobert works without him. I just don't. I don't think that in terms of the dynamics that we're seeing in terms of how good they can be at their best. Um, I, I don't know that, I think that Ant, you know, Ant is probably going to become a one-of-one one player, much like Towns is. He, his ceiling is probably higher than Towns because he just, uh, you know, we're all watching him Cause going. Because he's younger, we don't know what he can be yet. That's, that's exactly thing. true. Yeah, I mean, when Cal was putting up, you know, 28 and 12 and right. shooting 50, 40, 90, it's like, oh my God, you know, he right. was that for a couple of seasons there where I think, you know, even national pundits looked at him and said, what's his what's his ceiling? Right. And so part of this, again, goes back to, well, what do you do when a player sort of starts showing you who they are and you're in season nine and all of a sudden maybe the shine is off of what's potential and you have to just live with what a player is? Well, that's what we're seeing with him. We're seeing what he is, a guy who fouls out. He fouled out last night against the Knicks in the he game did. that he played. Right. played he, was good. he was really good in that game, though. I mean, he was really good. That didn't matter. Yeah. It didn't matter. But he was chippy and edgy and having fun and being powerful and he's talking trash and um, it was a Tibbs game, Tibbs revenge game. Even Tibbs though revenge I, game. Even though yeah. I still think he likes Tibbs. So I don't yeah, think he had a, a Jimmy Butler uh, but... tank top on underneath his jersey. Just <laughs> um, anyway, running with the threes. Yeah, uh, I just, I just, I, uh, yeah. So Go ahead. I want this is going to be a brief interlude. And I want, I want you to continue on this train of thought. I wasn't saying he's a role player. I want to make that distinction. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I think the Wolves have decided what is most important to them. Tim Connolly has said everything we do from this point forward is built around Anthony Edwards. They've decided what yeah. is most important to them. Chris Finch throughout the preseason and at media day said defense is our identity. So I'm, I'm just say, kind of saying like, this yeah. is what the wolves have decided are one and two. That doesn't mean towns is like, there's like one and two and then all the way down here is poor Carl towns. But I think, <laughs> I think that like they've decided kind of what their identity is. And from that standpoint, it still makes me wonder like ultimately like, can you have, can, can he be happy ultimately just winning and playing this role? And maybe he can. Like I, I talked yeah. about this on, on Tuesday show. Like I think some of this, some of the reason they're playing so well is everybody, every single player on this team has gotten paid. And mm. I think when players haven't gotten paid yet, there's an unspoken kind of urgency, selfishness, whatever it might be in moments to be that guy. I don't think they have anybody on this team right now that has to prove they're they're that guy in order to get that next big contract because all of them have gotten paid. Mm. Everybody, every, every single player on this team has gotten paid to a degree. It's a really interesting point that 
again, this goes back to why you're you're a, you know a more thoughtful professional sports reporter <laughs> than I would be because I I, I sometimes am, blind, am, am you know I'm ignorant of that element and I think it's a but I think it's a true point that you're making that who's the alpha? Who cares? We're all making yeah. we're all making thirty right. million dollars a year, right? <laughs> Let's just go win some games. I don't. Who cares who takes the last shot? Let's win well, the and, game. And that is where that's to me where it's like boy that's where he can shine in a yeah. way it's like if 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 all you're asking him to do is do what he does best then it becomes a question of okay can he play with a certain kind of control can he yes. figure out how to manipulate um the refs his opponents to 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 narrow these fouls and he talked about that in, against new orleans after he you know goes off with five fouls and hits the game winner and he knew they were coming for the charge he's aware right. of um that stuff is, I don't know. I mean, I'll also say this. The refs have been terrible to start this NBA season. There was 19 <laughs> fouls or something in the fourth quarter last night. It's like, at yeah. some point, we got to play some got to play some basketball. The fouls have right. been ridiculous a- across the league. Um, but Cat is a foul. He's like a magnet. A foul for magnet, you know yeah. I mean? um, but I, I think you're right about the element of having the team that has um, freedom. Freedom to yes. just be who they are and to develop. And I think they have the... I just I couldn't be more thrilled about a sports team in my entire life. I can't remember, especially with the Wolves, when they had Spree and, and Cassell, I do remember this feeling of, oh my God, we yeah. they might they might have put the puzzle together here. Right. right. Um and that's what this feels like. I mean, last night against the Knicks, McDaniels goes down and and they just keep rolling through that. Right. And they put together a phenomenal defensive effort. They shut the Knicks down. You know, that's not a bad Knicks team. It maybe no, isn't. Knicks, Knicks were on a roll. Knicks were on yeah. a roll. Um, and that's it, it. But again, I just think when I think of Carl Anthony Towns, the narrative around him is one of uh, criticism and judgment more often than it is excitement. Yeah. And I look at him and think this is a, this is a seven foot tall human being who can score? What did he score at San Antonio that one night? Sixty? Did he go for sixty against San Antonio? Yeah, I saw him score like fifty-five or something against the Hawks one game. Yeah, I mean, he just his offensive game is so unique um, that I just to not be excited about him and to have him almost kind of early on in the season. He it was a, there was a fatalism around. Yeah, boy, there was all of a sudden people were. I'm, I'm not talk, just talking about us and. I'm talking about national media going right. after like if this team's going to reach its highest potential. What do you do with Cat? What do you do with Cat? It's like you play Cat. You play Cat yeah. and you hope that he he develops yeah. what you want him to, you know. And I think some of that narrative emerged because you look at, you know, I talked about everybody getting paid, which is great. It's also a problem at some point unless yes. you're willing to be a tax team and if you're willing to be a tax team, you better be really good. So a lot of this year is predicated mm-hmm. upon okay, does this all work? And so like the narrative at the beginning of the year was, ah, it doesn't look that great so far. Like, what are you going to do when you get down to the point where everybody, you know, Edwards kicks in, McDaniels kicks in, Town Supermax kicks in. Like, is this a core worth keeping together? And there was nothing until (laughs) about two and a half weeks ago that suggested that it was absolutely worth keeping together. And now they're nine and one in their last 10 games. You see the vision kind of coming together. You see how these pieces fit when they're at their best. And you're like, okay, well, if they're if they're going to play like a top five team in the NBA, then yes, it's absolutely worth keeping together. That changes the narrative. That changes the discussion about yeah. Towns and how he fits and should they 
keep this all together and just pay everybody or figure out a way to like get, you know, 10 cents under the tax, whatever you got to do. Um, but it, it is, it is kind of a, it, it's a shift. It's, it's how much it's shifted in the last, you know, 10 games because of how well they've played. And now there's this discussion where the national narrative totally changed. Like I thought I saw Zach Lowe. I didn't listen to the podcast yet, but like Zach Lowe's podcast, like one of the subheads was like, can the wolves win the NBA title or win the West? And I was like, right. Can we, can we, can they, can we get to like, February before we yes. say, say that, but yes, but the but the narrative has changed, and and so with it, the evaluation changes. Well, you know, and part of it too, to me, was this whole offseason narrative that that built of yes, um, the, the nugget the nugget saying the things that they said about you know the challenge that the wolves gave them in that first round series, and the kind of end of year glimpse that we got of hmm, maybe this could kind of work out, right? Um, they're going to lose games. I mean, th- th- this will start to wobble at some point. It's not like this right. team is going to go, uh, you know, 62 and 20 or something. No. Um, but I do think that what people are kind of why this has the element of excitement that more than just kind of maybe a fluky flash in the pan, you know, win nine out of 10 is this thing of there were little hints that maybe this was possible. And now you're getting it and it just feels not, I wouldn't say that that much has felt really surprising this season and how they have played. If anything, you know, the only part that surprised me was like that loss to Atlanta where they just collapsed in the second half yeah. and the win in new Orleans, right? Like I think yeah. you and I were talking about that, that that was one that felt like, boy, wh- how often do they lose that in the past? They lose that right. all the time. And then we uh-huh. say, you guys aren't good enough to mess around against a team without <laughs> Zion and CJ McCollum. Yes. What are you guys doing? And they kind of did. Yes. And they got away with it. Like maybe they're that good. Yes, maybe they and we'll you know if they lose somebody like McDaniel's for a long period of time, how does that? Because they were missing him at the start of the season when they were kind of stumbling a little bit. Right. And um, but again, that's where you have this insurance policy of a sort of generational big man, at least offensively, where the thing that Towns gives you is a chance on any given night that he can sort of help carry carry your team. And in to, to me, there are two players on this team who can do that. You know what I mean? And if yeah. you remove Cat, I think that that's why the narrative around him was always, to me, was sort of more based on disappointment than reality. Like, his reality has always been what it is. He's this kind of player. And that means he can lose you a game. He can do something goofy that might lose you a game. But he's also one of the very few NBA talents who can just straight up go out and win you a game because who can stop him, you know, besides yeah. himself? Besides himself sometimes. I'm chuckling to myself because after one of his big games that I think the one where he maybe after he beat helped them beat Golden State or maybe it was the New Orleans game which one of the, I don't care which one I was trading texts with Chris Hine and he was saying uh, he was kind of giving me uh, stuff about Cat and I was like you know what I should do right now is write a post about how his trade value has never been higher. Well, you should try. <laughs> so I'm just chuckling <laughs> to myself remembering that um, because but, but I remember that because. You know, when you talk about you can't take Cat away and still have a really good team, like you're not just like firing Cat into the sun and getting nothing Agreed. back. Like you would be trading right. him for some sort of value. Like something would be coming back to you, whether you think that's a better fit or not is subject for debate. But right now, the way he's playing, he absolutely fits. Like this is this is looking a lot better than I imagined it could. Unlocking mm-hmm. this like too big lineup, I just didn't think they had it in them and you know some of it was just that they didn't have a chance to do it last year but even when right. they did it it was like yeah like what's the ceiling here the ceiling's higher this year than i thought 
we thought it could be, or at least I thought it could be like, this is a team that looks like it could win 55, 57 games, win a first round playoff series and, you know, start to build from there. But how it you all know, fits long-term, I still don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point that the long-term will continue to be a question. I do think that the NBA in general has a salary cap problem. This is not yeah. strictly limited to the Wolves. Um, you can tell that they're just going to keep bumping that up. You just can sense that it's you know the offseason is going to come. They're going to re you know readjust their salary cap levels, and you're going to all of a sudden have everybody getting an extra twenty five million dollars in yeah. salary cap space. Because I, I just don't know how this works exactly. Or they expand to two teams, and you've got to dump players or something. Um, well, they're they're trying to like double their TV deal next. That's time exactly around. right. I mean, and that's how you that's how you continue to just pay. I mean. Who's going to be the first hundred million dollar a year player, and will people 100%. just who will I, just balk at that? I, I still go back to when Jaden McDaniel's got that deal, and I know everybody loves Jaden McDaniel's as a player, but I just remember going, "Wow, we've reached a, a new level." To me, that was yeah. an entirely different. And then not long after that, Jalen Brown signed for whatever was that sixty million a year? Yeah, something like that. Um, just between you and me, you know, as uh, you know, and podcast listeners, and podcast listeners, is this? the most excited a fan base has been in Minnesota in, in what, I mean, how, what would yeah. you go back to, to have a moment like this where you're, would it be Favre maybe when Favre arrived and they started showing something? Favre was huge. I mean, people got pretty excited for the twins in the playoffs, not that long ago, but that was like a, that was like a, a kind of a frenzy because of, you know, That's a playoffs point. here. They they, they started playing really, you know, got, got, got on a little roll and then, you know, Royce Lewis hits a home run right away and people are, excited about it but like excited about a team and we i mean the links certainly had their moments during their playoff runs um go for women's basketball team 20 years ago like it, it's been you know outside well, of the links and i'm not saying the links right. don't matter because the links certainly do matter they won four championships but like none of the teams that we consider like the big four professional men's sports none of them have even been to uh a big series in a long time. Like, you know, the Vikings went to the NFC title game six years ago, but like, you know, the twins wild wolves, like none of them even been to a conference finals in 20 years. Like it's been a a, long time. And I think the thing that I go back to too is, and this is why this team we're going to have to see, but like even with the twins this year, I remember thinking, I, I don't, I don't know that I see this team as a world series. Now anything can happen in the playoffs. I'm not, I'm not denying that, but the regular season was just kind of a, you know, you just looked at it and went, this yeah. is a good regular season team. This is, We're not sitting here going, oh, this team has a chance to be great or win, you know, 110 games or something like that. You know, it was just a yeah. a good season down the middle. I'm just wondering, I think that the feeling right now with the, with the Wolves playing like they are is, if this is sustainable, are we all of a sudden going to be talking about kind of like the Kings were last year, where all of a sudden people started yeah. wondering, is this Kings team for real? Is this really happening? You know, right. they, the Wolves do need to get a gimmick. They need to get Creed or they need to light the beam. <laughs> some kind of, maybe it's something right. to do with Rudy Gobert now with him trying to amp the crowd up. Right. I mean, um, but anyway, there's just this. I can't remember the last time I've been getting so many text messages yeah. from all. Oh, I'm talking from people I have friends I haven't talked to in a long time. Being like, the the wolves are for real. This is maybe, crazy. No. Maybe the best comp is 2019 Bomba Squad. Like that's that was, that was like good. Yeah, that might be like the the last time I remember like people being like, wow, this team is different. This team is like, this team is different. They they could do something. And of course, they didn't win a playoff game, but like, <laughs> yeah. 
but you know, maybe maybe that's the and and the Farview Farview is different though. Farview is just a singular like guy, but people yeah, people went nuts for that team. But I I sense this building. I mean, they've they've you know they've been selling out games. They're undefeated at home. Like yeah. Target Center is becoming cool again. Seen. Yes, becoming well, a place. And maybe part of this too for me is the Twins, the Vikings, the Wild. Even they have all maintained a certain level of competitiveness for. More or less, yeah. The Twins yes, bottomed right. out a little bit, but you're right. They've, they've been good enough for most of that time. The Wolves have not been a real team since KG, in my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, they, they missed the playoffs 14 years in a row, 13, yeah. 14 years but in I a mean, row. Even when they were making it with with Butler, and you yeah. just felt like, yeah, if they win one game against Houston, it'll be right. a success. You right. know, um, Suddenly, you're looking at this feeling like, wow, this this isn't about being a playing team. This is about how how high can this team go in a super competitive West. I'll also note that they are three games out of from being out of the playoffs. This is yeah, the, the West, West is, is hard. Be, the West is going to be a dogfight, you know, every yes. single. Um, and you know, if we may wrap up with this, I mean, they play Philadelphia Wednesday night, Sacramento Friday night. I mean, those are two huge home games. I mean, Philadelphia is one of the yeah. best in the East. Sacramento, that's essentially for. Kind of think it's most more or less for a spot in the in the in season oh, tournament uh, quarterfinals, right? Because right. they're both two and zero. Oh. Yeah, and the Kings are like ten and four right now. They're off to a really good start, I think. Can you imagine the in? We're gonna have an you know the play the in season tournament game at Target Center. How hyped is that? Go. It'd be huge, and then <laughs> you know for for a chance to go to like how many people from here would go to Vegas for the semifinals and finals if they made it. Oh well, I know one person. That's Chris Hine. He'll be there probably. He'll be you know. there. Yeah, he'll be there. He'll, I mean, he'll be covering it. But yeah, I, I don't know. There's um, yeah. hang a banner. Like maybe they'll hang an in-season tournament banner. Who knows? But you they, have they, don't, they don't have a lot of banners to hang. But no, no I don't so know. they, they I feel think, different. Yeah, and we can just end with this. You, you, your takes on Carl Anthony Towns to me have always been fair from a point of view. I think one of the joys of being a Wolves fan for me is like I'm a delusional fan. There were times where I was like. Yeah, they didn't draft Curry, but they did get Ricky Rubio. You know, like I really believe that Rubio, <laughs> right. that right. Rubio was generational. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's always a, a layer of of just delusion when it comes to being a Wolves fan, and that's what makes this season really fun. Is because I think everybody, it's like you're coming out of a fog, going, "Is my delusion now yeah. real? Like, yeah. is this really happening?" Um, so anyway, thank you for letting me talk about it. I was just thinking too, about the time I wrote like a 2000 word blog post showing statistically how Ricky Rubio is the worst shooter in modern NBA history. And then I had to go like talk to him a week later and he just, he didn't seem like he was happy with me, but anyway, (laughs) story for another time. Yeah, um, yeah, but so you're right. you, did, you never focused on the assist to turnover ratio. You always went for worst shooter of all time. You <laughs> worst know? shooter you of all time. It was <laughs> surreal. But you know, I try to frame these things in 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 fairness. And and yes. Towns, like Towns, is he's on a stretch where if he can sustain this, he will he will change that narrative. He will force them to make different, harder decisions um, because they're just good enough that they need to keep it together. You you always have to caveat it. Like he hasn't proven that he is a great player. And I he just hasn't ha- proven that he's a winner yet, but he hasn't had this cast around him. I want to see what the rest of this year brings for him. Okay. That's fair. To be fair, they haven't put him in exactly the winning position. That is true. Time, you know, very um, true. Yeah, very so true. Two years with the same coach is like a breath of fresh air for the man. You know, <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it yeah. is. This is like, they're on your, is this your four? This is the fourth year that Finch has been here. Is that He's true? Part of part of the one year, and then both of the playoff years, and now this year. 
I had kids, so like my time. Oh, yeah, yeah it, you don't need to tell me that. Yeah, the time just kind of like. I, I like don't even. The, I don't even know. Well, you just. The, I, I can't believe that that's true. And the pandemic counts like dog years. It's like seven, <laughs> seven apiece. So, yeah. Very All good. right, Jeff. Thank you. All right, Rambo. Thanks. Good stuff with Jeff Day. I always love having him on the show. He does a great job. We have a good rapport, a good back and forth. And in fact, I might have him on again next week to talk Gopher Volleyball. That's one of his primary duties at the Star Tribune is covering the Gopher Volleyball team. They've got a pair of matches this weekend, and then they will find out their NCAA tournament fate. A um, little different than in past years. It looks like they're going to get in, but it's not not the uh, not the the sure thing of hosting and having having a smooth path or a clear path to a Sweet 16 things like that. They've struggled a lot more in Keegan Cook's first year than they probably would have liked, but looks like they will get into the tournament. And if if so, Jeff and I will will set that up next week sometime as well. Let us finish with the cooler couple basketball things two of note in the cooler here Jaden mcdaniel's likely out two to three weeks that will be a test for the wolves they have a big game tonight against philadelphia big one friday against sacramento they will deal they'll have to play with both of those and several more without Jaden mcdaniel's their lockdown defensive wing um, been a big part of their good defensive start this year. They're very good defensive start. Can they keep it going without Jaden McDaniels? I don't think he's indispensable, but man, he sure helps. He is sure one of their better players, sure one of the people that makes their defense go. So probably an elevated role for Nikhil Alexander-Walker and others to try to slow down these other very good teams in the coming days. Nobody could slow down the Gophers. Last night, Gopher men's basketball team beat Arkansas Pine Bluff. It's one of those games where I had to do had to think deep in my in my in the recesses of my mind when I saw UAPB. I'm like, who is UAPB? And I'm like, oh, so, so, so. But, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. I got it before before I knew who it was. Before I uh, before I read what the acronym was, I got it. So I was happy with that. And the Gophers have to be relatively happy with winning that game. I mean, the, this non-conference schedule is not much of a test. They're probably going to still have some regrets over how that Missouri game went. But I do feel like the talent level has been raised here. It feels like they have the talent to be better than they have been. Cam Christie hit some shots the other night. Um, you know, Dawson Garcia is having a strong start to the year. They, they, they just got more more depth pieces and more talent overall to make you feel like they could compete a little bit more. What that looks like once they ultimately get to conference play, I don't know, but they have to feel a little bit better about the roster they have right now in year three under Ben Johnson. That will do it for me today. Like I said, a lot of football coming up tomorrow. Randy Johnson will join me, talk Gophers, set up the Wisconsin game on Saturday. Chance for the Gophers to get bowl eligible. Chance they could be bowl eligible, though, even if they finish 5-7. and seven. I don't understand, but Randy will explain it. I'll also have some remembrances of a essential Vikings game of Thanksgiving past, an anniversary of sorts on that. So listen for that on Thursday. Until then, I'm Michael Rand, back at it again tomorrow.